Hey, unpackers, welcome back to Unpacking Atlanta. I'm so glad that you are either just now joining us for the first time or to have you back listening to us unpacking the FX series Atlanta or Atlanta. It just depends on what works for you. And I love that for you. I am Cola B. Talkin, the hostess with the mostest of some things. I also host the Black in the Garden podcast, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Atlanta. I just want to give you that point of reference. So I'm also here joined by co-host Black Spurt and fellow Atlanta enthusiast who also is in very close proximity to their Sunita who you will hear me talk about her or refer to her as Sin. She got the pronouns popping. Y'all know what it is. Writer, also co-host of the Outside Voice Inside podcast. And just so many amazing swirls of Black girl magic intertwined and a wonderful mom as well. So Sunita, that's who I'm talking about. Hey, Sin. Hi. I wait for you to feel celebrated. Yes, I do. Thank you. Thank you for for, uh, being back for episode four. Thank everyone. Yes, episode four. It's just so interesting how they started with the first two as like a package. And so that throws off the numbers here because we're like, we're on three. That was four. But I'm glad that we got to see as many as we did. So let's get right into it, especially considering that this was one of those kind of, I know what to call it, one of those Twilight Zone episodes. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Come on, references. So what was it hitting for you? Because Twilight Zone is, of course, kind of the OG version of... Black Mirror? Black you Mirror. Yeah. But, you, but you know what they did? I don't know if you got a chance to watch the new episodes of Twilight Zone. They were I good did. as shit. Really? Yes. One or two. Oh my God, you have to watch it. By Jordan Peele, right? Yes, it's so good. It's so good. But yes, this definitely, I I had to keep going back and looking at the title of the episode because Big Payback. Yes, the Big Payback. Listen. But it was multiple entendres about why it was the big payback. Okay, but look, so speaking of entendres, I'm just looking at, I feel like there's a lot of like heavy Easter egg dropping. And by that, I'm specifically referring to like Jordan Peele. I feel like, what? I don't even want to speculate about why the similarities are so apparent, but I'm into it. How does that resonate with you? I think this one, I like when they do the episodes because it's obviously is going to be about Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I like when it's not focused on Van and Ern and Darius Ooh. and Paperboy. Only because he, they're choosing to show parts of Atlanta that we know exist, but that maybe people don't really talk about that often because like you truly have to, like I tell people all the time, Atlanta ain't as, 
it's not as integrated as they want to lead you to believe like Georgia is still very much segregated and people are always caught off guard, but the payback is showed. So they have found subtle ways to segregate us. Mm -hmm. And I think the big payback showed it. It's like, as far as financial income, you know, um, what people do for a living. Mm -hmm. And also how insidious racism is. So you know how you have in society, you have all the white people who are just like, my family was not slave owners. Like that, we're not racist. And that was the premise of the whole episode was it doesn't matter how far removed you are mm. from the parts of your family that were slave owners it still still remains it is is it just like all that trauma is still compacted in black people's dna the trauma went both ways that's what i was gonna say like white people love to act like they don't have the issue that we have you're part of the issue what are you talking about (laughs) you can't say that you're not bothered by some shit that you caused you know when it comes to us having the kind of tension that we have between and i'm just going to be specific us having the kind of tension that we have black americans having the kind of tension that we have with descendants of slave owners or otherwise folks who benefit from the same privileges as those descendants just by looking similar in skin color. And I like that that you mentioned that because remember the co-worker of the main character and he was like, you're not wearing shoes like, no, I'm Jewish. I can finally tell people. Oh, it was. <laughs> She's like, I may look white, but my people were slaves too. And then when he said, so are mine. I'm Austro-Hungarian. She was like, yeah, like a million years ago. <laughs> that's, just, that's when it really started to get ugly it just re- it reminded me of this movie I don't know if you may have seen it I don't even remember the name of it but there was this movie where somehow all these people got stuck all these co-workers got stuck in this big office building and it was kind of like a horror movie and they kept yes you know yes, what I'm talking about I do I do. It was given that was like that's I haven't even seen Squid Games, but it's like I understand this br- brutality and this tapping into this need to feel like you're trying to survive in yep. that space. It's just and then just I don't know how to how to articulate it as well as I would like to, but you understand what I'm trying to say. I do. And Squid Games, and you know it shined light on things even though that was a great piece of entertainment it shined light on like how capitalism is literally affects everybody all over the world and so out there it was people were heavy into debt due to gambling just trying to keep their head above water but it you know taking you from one moment where you're okay, you're making a living, you have a family, you're taking care of them and one wrong turn and now you're at the bottom 
trying to climb your way up to the top again. Ooh. And we see that happen with the white guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Somebody's got to pay the debt. I just, I wanted to leave with this because I'm so excited. Like, we finally got our reparations, dot, 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 episode. <laughs> yes. I'm not sure that something like this really exists in such a way. I mean, it's happening. Like people are finding ways to get repar. There's always talk about reparations and mm. they're giving, the crazy thing is they will find a way to give reparations to everybody but black people. And I'm just, I'm astounded by this. Our government, the United States government that was built on the backs of black people will give reparations to everybody but Black Americans. It needed to be said, and I call that gaslighting because of course we're not stupid. We know what's going on. We are very much aware of the problem and the dancing around the solution because yes. there is a solution, which is very simple, which is reparations. I don't have any other way to say it. I don't want to try to sugarcoat it in any kind of way. I am certainly pro reparations. It just it doesn't make any sense that somebody gets to benefit economically off of generations of labor and then feel like they should not have to return anything. Um, but like you said, to your point, seeing it happen in situations that can't even compare to <laughs> what we're talking about um, makes it that much more apparent, which is why I said it feels like gaslighting because we'll yeah. see, we're like, we know y'all know that we there's a debt here. Why y'all yes. acting like it's not a debt? Why y'all acting like okay? So you don't want to have to admit that it happened. Blah blah blah. That's fine. You only really need to admit it at least one time in earnest. After that, just do what needs to be done. Which is they did, they did it for Jewish people. Well, I had recently read. Oh my god. Very disturbing piece of news. I recently read that reparations were granted to slave owners. Yes. Yes. Like, listen, you guys, we know. Yes. We know, no. Don't play with us. That is information that is, you know, if they, if it was a buried piece of information, an obscure piece of information that should not be obscured. No, it shouldn't because- what, what the message that that sends is we still view black people as property. We are sorry for your loss, your loss of property. Your Here's some money that you never had in a way that was ethical, which is the whole point of saying this is not able to be property anymore. So that's just like, I feel very strongly about this. I mean, we're talking on the same side of the of the situation, but my goodness, that is just so frustrating just to consider how significantly it is needed and necessary that we get us some, that we get our big payback. What was your response when you first realized what was going on? And how long did it take for you to realize, shit, this is, they're talking about reparations at the very beginning when he got in the car and the radio was on and what did they say? so they were on the radio they were talking about the guy who sued tesla 
Oh, um, they were. Yeah, because it was he could prove that the person who owned Tesla mm-hmm. had their ancestors owned his family. Yeah. So he got that big settlement. And you when know the What'd you say? He was listening to that while he was in the coffee shop. He was. Now I want to mention this about the coffee shop. Did you notice that he stole them cookies? I accidentally mentioned that because I definitely <laughs> wanted to um, unpack that a little bit because that was not a little thing. Oh. I saw that as a very blatant example of a once again blatant sense of entitlement. Like, oh, yes, they're mine. I'm out. To me, establishes the baseline that you understand that you're doing something illicit. If you're Mm -hmm. going by, you know, this alleged moral code. And so when Shaniqua comes back. (laughs) Before you go to Shaniqua. I know. I, I want the cookie scene. So remember the black guy was in line ahead of him, right? What was that about? I feel like and I'm- he was going back and forth with the barista who just, I mean, the red, the cashier mm-hmm. who was a white woman mm-hmm. and he's trying to get, I don't know if he was trying to get his drink or some food or whatever. And yeah, she no told worries. him he had to go get back in line because she had to help the next person. I didn't get that. I'm like, why did he have to get back in line? He didn't say right. unruly or I didn't understand. And I didn't understand his response. I didn't get that. I just put that to the side, like, girl, you're not going to catch everything. I'm just not that deep. I, but what I saw with that was just how we are treated as black people. Like mm-hmm. we are insignificant. Whatever you need or want at this moment is not important. I have to help this. I have to help the next customer who just so happens to be a white man. And you weren't paying this white man no attention because he who the fuck took those cookies, put them in his pocket, and you did not acknowledge that he even had those cookies because you didn't see him as a threat. That is the best, most specific way to put that. And you don't see a threat there. So of course you're not going to clock when they're doing something that could be clocked as threatening behavior, stealing from that establishment. Okay. Um, I don't believe he meant to steal them and I'm not even trying to be on his. No, you're right. I thought the same thing. Mm -hmm. I don't think he like put them in like, Oh, I'm finna steal these cookies. That wasn't the vibe that I was getting when I saw him up he just seemed to be a little distracted and he stuck him in his pocket but it is also odd that he's sticking he immediately went for his pocket as the default like they shouldn't have ended up in his pocket so maybe that's his thing that he does all the time cola have you walked into a store and put anything in your pocket while you're in the store that you haven't paid for not unless i was intentional about it i've been there okay well yeah yes If that's not something that I was trying to do, then that wasn't going to happen. Exactly. So that coming from both sides as one who has taken things and meant to take them and think, and one who has also not. As exactly. In, you just don't put the shit in your pocket unless <laughs> you're but, gone with it. You know, that speaks to us as Black people, though. We know that they're watching us already. So if I put it in my pocket, I know better than to do that Mm -hmm. because they're going to think that I'm stealing. 
And that can be a big problem for me. Yes. Because of our hue. You know what I'm saying? I do poetry as well. Give my snaps, give my snaps. We got a lot from that cookie scene. I feel like that's because we as Black people, we're conditioned to be hypervigilant about everything. That was another one of those Jordan Peele moments to yep. me. First of all, snitching ass kid, right? Talking about <laughs> a little perfume when you pull up, y'all finna get back together, huh? How you know your mama wasn't finna see somebody else? I just don't up. like that. That was high key snitching. And I really didn't like that because imagine this, both of us, we we can relate to uh, yes. hit drop off or whatever and, and needing to do what you need to do and taking care of your business and having your child perceive it a different way and then reporting that, oh, that is, that's rude. And you don't even know that this reporting is happening, but you just got to live your life. If you just have to yes. live on or whatever before you know who pulls up, then you just did what you had to do. But I think too, and this is a little sidebar, kids, yeah, yes. kids who can't grasp or want to accept the fact that mom and dad are not getting back together, they be picking up the smallest thing for hope. I could, that was very apparent in that scene. That child clearly was dealing with, let's call it separation anxiety. Yes. Clearly projecting, because for me, maybe it's because I'm identifying from coming from the female perspective in that situation, if I was in it, but Mm -hmm. it's like you said, I was just sprucing up because I'm getting ready to follow your little ass up out of here to go down to the coffee shop and maybe flirt with the barista. <laughs> right. <laughs> you took the word of a child. You you don't think you need to talk to your wife? He got a sorry card. I feel like, oh, that did give him hope because he was not otherwise, he wouldn't have bought a sorry card. It's a pretty big deal to say sorry, let alone get a card indicating as much. So Speaking of the kid, the question she asked him, I know yes. this is one of my favorite parts. Daddy, yes. are we racist? How did I know? See, I was like, <laughs> since I laughed this entire episode. Here's another, oh, just a clear indicator of the fact that this was in Atlanta was yep. when, he, when we saw the outside of his apartment and we saw that it was one of those apartments that has kind of like those cute little panels that are mm-hmm. really trying to update a building that used to clearly be the projects. You know what I'm talking about? Didn't that look like North Highland? <laughs> it did. Very much did. And his it wife's did. his wife looked like off of Moreland. The nice part by the zoo. By the uh, Atlanta Zoo. Uh, yeah, no, that area. Yeah, she was over there because she had a Gresham. Gresham Road. (laughs) It's definitely giving like the obvious becomes surreal when you portray it in a certain type of way. Yes. So very much so. And and just getting right to it, this being the reparations episode. (laughs) It got clear, it became clear pretty quickly, especially when they had that meeting in the what is it in the office building? Yes, that they what were getting laid off. What? That they were some layoffs was going to happen. And that was right after the. Well, this would be the part where. <laughs> 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 it 
if I was high tech and this was the official <laughs> Atlanta podcast, I would play that scene back. But just imagine it in your head. They go into the conference room and it just becomes apparent that there's division. As soon as it was announced officially that layoffs were happening, people immediately jumped to the conclusion that it had something to do with the reparations. And you could just see how that was, even though he was still saying that he wasn't worried about it. And I don't know if we ever got his name. We did get his name, didn't we? Do you remember his name? I do. Listen, he was so unimportant to me. I did not even know. And that's fair. We'll just keep going. No worries at all. But (laughs) he was still acting like he wasn't affected by it. But he was starting to kind of sense how close to him it was. Because it went from being something I heard on my drive in when I'm spilling my my coffee to, (laughs) oh, shit. Now I might could lose my job. Yes, but I think it's because the the paranoia of it all That's started word. in. Every, yeah. Because everybody else was talking about it, it made him aware that maybe he did need to be concerned. Because again, his coworker that was sitting next to him was just like, I what do you mean? You haven't checked your ancestry. Like you don't she have to. But that's because even that's though she I started getting excited because I'm like, yay, this is when they get uncomfortable. <laughs> Shaniqua was not letting old boy <laughs> chill. That's what I would do personally, because my thing is we were terrorized. Once Thank again, you. this show being hosted by Black women. So this is what you get. If this was not the perspective that you wanted to hear, I don't know what to tell you because I'm a Black woman sitting up here. And sure enough, as I am one... I'm going to have to point out the fact that Black women were terrified in ways that many of us should never even have to imagine. Mm -hmm. Our agency was taken from us. Our children were taken from us. We couldn't. We were experimented. Experimented on, like, no. So, in the spirit of all of her ancestors, especially having experienced some of those horrific things that we just described. Shaniqua was not letting old boy <laughs> chill at all. She had the bullhorn. And then not only did she have the bullhorn, she had on that hot pink tracksuit. And he was loud. I was living for Shaniqua. He couldn't get down them stairs fast enough. I was like, yes, Shaniqua, let him know. Bullhorn. And speaking of that, where can I get one if I found myself in a situation like that? Where does one go get a bullhorn? That's really random. Because you never know when you might find yourself being in need of leading a protest. So I'm just like, okay, what is the 101 of the supplies situation? I'm going to need to know if if I find myself being able to serve a white person who owes my family reparations, I'm going to need that bullhorn so I can go on down to the Goldman Sachs parking lot (laughs) and be like, hey, Chad. I know you were trying to be nice about this. (laughs) I didn't want to have to come down here to your place of employment, but you guys, Chad's a racist. I know you're trying. I have to point this out (laughs) that she was only asking, and when you say this number, it sounds like a lot of money. 
Mm-hmm. She was only asking for $3 million, right? When you only. break that down, her mm-hmm. was her great-great-grandfather had been a slave for 12 years, right? 12 That's, years a slave. And that didn't go over my head either. <laughs> That's only $250,000 a year. Wow. So, so that's something else we as Black people have to get on the same page about what is our worth. Shaniqua looked like she was giving this white man hell, right? Like mm. she was trying to destroy his life. But did you notice he went to her Instagram mm-hmm. and he saw that she was just a normal human being, just like him, yeah. trying to live her life, take care of her kids. Mm-hmm. It was those moments I could tell that he was really frustrated and feeling like, you know, he wasn't getting his way and just, you could, it was just done so well because it literally in every possible way that they could depict the flipping of the script, it was flipped. It felt like opposite day. When you was a kid, you were wearing clothes. Yes. It yes. was the upside down as far it as it went for them. And it, that's, it goes back to that damn Jordan Peele. But the upside down was also <laughs> to Stranger Things, though. So that was. I know more than one reference. I've just seen a few things. I've been around the world. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. <laughs> as far as, like, white people being oblivious to things, you know, his phone kept ringing. It said, unknown caller. Now, you know, Black people don't answer it because it's like, that's probably a bill collector. <laughs> Or it's probably spam, right? Yeah. But then the car that was literally following him and he had no idea this car was following him. But that's, that's, I feel like white people get to operate in the world like that without a care. Like go out and nothing, they don't have to pay attention to anything around them because they, nothing's threatening to them. That's There's no immediate threat, I should say. Chain, right? Isn't that you just described how the lion operates in the jungle? Yes. Why would you be concerned about something happening to you? Like if if something were to happen as far as white victimhood, then they know that they have a much better chance of getting justice mm-hmm. uh, towards whoever victimized them. You know what I'm saying? And that enhances the um obliviousness that you're speaking of and that's that's definitely a part of it for sure it's like a force field that's so lit wish I had one but (laughs) (laughs) you we also got to see yeah they didn't care about anything until their money started being attacked Mm. because even his wife was just like you need to fill out them divorce papers because I can't you can't be fucking with my money she was like, I'm Peruvian. And he was like, you was white yesterday. You were white yesterday. That was like literally the punchline of the whole <laughs> episode as far as how the white people were responding. He literally verbalized that. And he was so exasperated. And I loved it. I laughed this entire episode. I know that this was serious. And I, I've actually seen in the news, Black people mm-hmm. getting reparations, right? Mm-hmm. Here and there. I see, I've seen it. So this is actually something that's real. It's just, I feel like Donald Glover and everyone else who participated in creating this episode, they were like, well, what if this popped off on a significant level? Like we're seeing little 
reparations settlements here and there. We call them reparation settlements, but the government isn't settling it. They're just decreeing that the person has to pay it, right? So the government's not giving us this money, but they're making it to where white people do have to pay for this shit. And I'm going to tell you this. Ben, oh my God. So in the state of California, and I know this happens in other states too, but specifically, I know this in the state of California, companies have to list if their company was built with money from slavery, from ownership of slaves. Imagine that. They have to, and I know in the state of California, and I can't remember the other state, I saw the paperwork and the company has to fill out, like when they get contracts with certain companies or like, I think with the government or whatever, in order to get funding, they have to prove that the company they built was not built with, there's no other way to say it, that it wasn't built with blood money. Mm. And my first time seeing it, Cola, I've been working since I was 13. That's almost 30 years. Mm. No, that, that is 30 years. I've been working for 30 years. And the first time I saw it was in 2018. That was the first time I ever saw that paperwork. I have never seen it before, but it's, it's been around for a while. So that makes me feel like are companies hiding this paperwork. I mean, I am not surprised that you would come to the conclusion to ask that. Of course you would know. Yes. They would hide something like that. What it's is definitely a rhetorical question. In this country <laughs> that are not convenient for the powers that be. They will bury that shit under something or find a way to rebrand it or just be like, oh, look over here, something shiny. And our asses are going to look. It wasn't until the tables got turned in the episode where it was now white people are serving black people that these white people began to develop what appeared to be empathy, right? But it was because they had they had their power taken away from them mm. and their money. Mm-hmm. So you see the government stepped in and they had to give a percentage of their paycheck to reparations. But hold up. I'm glad that you said that. (laughs) What you said about the government getting involved, that's not how they're supposed to be involved. They're supposed to fucking pay us. Okay. This is not something you see how they shirked the responsibility. You see how, and I love that they addressed that. I love how they made it clear where it was coming from, that this was not a debt that is being, that was being repaid by the government. It's like, Hey, it's the wild, wild west out there. Somebody can pull up on your ass and you can get served at any moment now. So keep your head on a swivel. Essentially what I don't think it would truly take place that way. And what I, I also love how an episode like this gives me the opportunity to get hypothetical right along with the ass. Cause I'm like, <laughs> mm, okay, I see what you did. That was cute. But let these white folks be getting slapped back and forth with literally millions, hundreds and thousands of lawsuits for their ancestors' transgressions. Do you think they're really going to sit up there and not hold the government accountable? Because they know, just like niggas know, 
that that was a them problem that they started, they created, that was a debt that they genuinely have that they're not taking accountability for. That's our issue with, with government. Yes. If I may speak for us both, they're not taking accountability for it. So no, it would not just go as smoothly with the white people giving over their power easily and working in the restaurant. No, talking about lining up peacefully, talking about 15, 10% or whatever is supposed to be coming. I don't see that. you. And I can see how you would understand what I'm talking about. So this isn't even me playing devil's advocate because I don't advocate for white people. This is the reality of things. So when it comes to how money is circulated through the world, the other spin could have been the government allowed, say for instance, it, we find out Elon Musk family has slaves, right? And the government is like, you have to pay these people that are attached to you. They have allowed Elon Musk to make so much money over the mm -hmm. decades, right? Mm -hmm. His family has acquired so much income that mm -hmm. they could be like, this is what we should attach to us, but you just gonna have to pay these black people out your pocket. That's so petty, America, but I could see how y'all would do that. Is oh our my government God. not the-, the That petty? is- <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. What a breakdown. That <laughs> is funny because it's true that that is something that would truly be a likelihood to for real take place. Wow. So them taking it out of their checks? I mean, shit, they take child, like support, child support out of niggas' checks? I get that, but like, you got some nerve to be taking it out of my check when it's your debt. It is it's what However, I hear white people screaming before they burn everything down. It is the government's debt, but the white people willingly allowed it to happen because it benefited them. Okay. So the government and the white people should have to pay. Everybody. Oh, I like that. <laughs> That's my thinking. I agree because with that. Enlighten me. You and I haven't been able to buy houses. Why? And people go, oh, these bitches are playing the race card. No, I there's a disadvantage to being black. I love being black. But okay, I can add to what you said, you know, for whoever talking about playing the race card. There's a lot of scientifically and historically documented uh, situations that are clearly a, a specific disadvantage that only exists on the side of black people predominantly exists as a result of strategic planning. Yes. <laughs> not just something that just, you know, it's not a coincidence. It was strategically planned for black people to be specifically excluded from the thing, but mm -hmm. <laughs> bear with me. I'm, I'm passionate about this. Wow. You said it. You said it. Because how many of us could be married and have children? And when we separate, you can still maintain this big ass house by yourself. And your husband can go buy or rent a new property. Like what we saw at Cola, you know, from oh, looking know. at both of their properties, Mm -hmm. their mortgages or rent is not little amounts. 
I know. And where they lived, right? So how many Black families are able to do that? Some people, that's why a lot of us stay together because we need those two incomes to survive. So we stay in these dysfunctional, fucked up relationships, right? Oh, speak for yourself. Not, you, not me. I'm not messing with you because I know, you know, I know. Right. Um, we dipped, but we dipped knowing financially mm. it was going to be difficult as hell. It's, and we knew, and we, because we exercise logic um we also anticipated correctly and we got to do what we got to do to yes get ourselves through that through it but i didn't separate and have a brand new house to go live in or a brand new no, apartment that, i have yeah i have couch surfed <laughs> same and i've lived in apartments and i've had roommates just to keep food on the Just table keeping your head above water right man listen i'm dealing with things right now and for me because of me experiencing exactly what you're referring to sanita where there is not some ease with which i can just jump into the next estate um mm -hmm. it's the reconstructive phase for me i gotta like <laughs> figure my ish out and of course on the other end of things I mean, we talking about a homosexual over there. So just jumping into <laughs> the relationship with the person who provides housing. And, you know, mm -hmm. that's the side effect of, of, you know, as lame as it is, it is the side effect of this here economic disadvantage that we speak of. Yeah. Imagine if wow. our families had had generational wealth. If, if both of our families had had wealth, we would not be in a situation as is the case with a lot of white people, far more white people than black people. They are in a, they are in better economic and financial situations. And the big payback was, this mm -hmm. entire episode was so hilarious to me because of how these white people have been benefiting all these years and they, you know, going through life, happy-go-lucky. Mm -hmm. And then the minute things started to change, they started to lose their freaking minds. They started to agree with things that we have been saying for years. So going back to the office, that's what I'm the saying. white lady mm -hmm. who was 100% Norwegian or something, and she was like, that's not even biologically possible. Oh, so now you want to acknowledge that we we are for real a melting pot of individuals. But started prior to this, I'm pretty sure you was white power Susie. <laughs> well, that is going back to um, something that came up very early in this conversation. What I was thinking was this invisibility cloak that they get to put on. Yes. And what that simply means for those who don't understand this invisibility cloak that I speak of is the ability to be white when it's convenient for you to be white. Mm -hmm. And when it's not convenient for you to be white, then you got, you better let them know you Ashkenazi Jew or you Peruvian or whatever, but tying it all together and going on to another scene, we saw old boy come back that was discussing that was him, right? From the boat, right? So 
I yes, thought I right? was I thought I was seeing things like oh, is this no. the is this the boat no, nigga? No, 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 no. Your your intuition told you you was right. I was like, that's I did not like go back guy. and verify it. I just trusted <laughs> my gut. I trusted my gut and I know I'm like, there is no reason out of anybody to come back. Why he had to come back. His creepy behind, but he coming there making and a point. Like, it's like the fable, you know, he's the one that's telling you, hey, here is the, the moral of the story. And then he goes and he kills himself. Because it was too much. So if we, if we think about the first episode, right, where he's telling mm-hmm. the black guy, upping mm-hmm. him on game, it's like he saw this coming. We're going to have to pay for oh. this in some kind of way. And so he so- lives to this point to see it come and he was just like, remember how he was reassuring the, the main character, you're going to be all right. Your daughter's going to be all right. He basically showed you, I am not going to be all right. Oh, I mean, I really, I wasn't <laughs> mad at that because I was just like, that's not atypical either. Um, but let me be very careful to indicate that I am not even saying anything negative about people who, you know, choose suicide. Like that is not even my point. My point is the white fragility that is apparent there. Yes. That's what I'm, that's what I'm pointing out. And it's just so interesting that they bought this person back and like you said, reassuring, but falsely reassuring and not even really Was it reassuring themselves. I don't think it was now he wasn't, he definitely wasn't reassuring himself, but I don't think it was a false reassurance. He was acknowledging truth. Yes, exactly that. Because that's exactly what I was going to say is he seemed to be the representation of the wokeness of the whites who are aware of this. Yeah. Now what that means, I don't think that it's worth it for me to try to unpack that. That's just taking it too far, but um, (laughs) I can appreciate that that is what he represents. And it becomes that much more apparent by the fact that clearly it was intentional to bring him back on to make that particular point. And then we see how he goes out. Remember when he was on the boat with the black guy, black Mm -hmm. guy got sucked in and then we see his demise. I guess he gone for real. I mean, that was good. Was that was good. Color. It was disturbing. <laughs> it was shocking. I'm talking about in the fantasy aspect. He'd come back in somebody's dream. You know, he first True. appeared in a dream sequence anyway. That And that's what makes it even more creepy because this was a real person. What, Laquarius, where did you see this white man before? Hmm. Because dreams, like, so, so I've heard. The people you see in dreams, they're people that you've seen before. Is that, you think so? No, I didn't say this was my theory. I said, I've I've heard this before. Mm -hmm. I can dig that. I can dig that. I mean, oh God, dreams are just a really cool subject for me. I could be here all day just talking about dreams. And I can appreciate the way that what we're getting, this is what we're getting, I I figured it out. I found the bottom line. I found the string that's tying all this together. This is all a dream. This is all like you satire think? of, this is all satire of reality. That's why we're discussing shit like, oh, what about all these callbacks to Jordan Peele? What about 
the Twilight Zone? And what about Black Mirror? You see what I'm I saying? Mean, yeah. They do this all the time. That's, it's- They the, do. So, I okay, also, can you- Go ahead. I need to ask you a question because I know you can help me clarify it. When it comes to what the similarities are between the Twilight Zone and Black Mirror, mm-hmm. I need you to like specify that for context. I think the Twilight Zone took- hypothetical scenarios that you could imagine and made them real like what if this really happened right black mirror did the same thing like the most they updated it the well black mirror has different things too so like they have this interactive thing uh episode well movie called bandersnatch Mm -hmm. where you get to it's like choose your own adventure Mm-hmm. right but it's the it's kind of what if video games came to life and oh. you could control what happens which was kind of a i look at it kind of like a spin off from the episode with anthony mackie and yaya Mm-mm-mm. where what they <laughs> right that was a they, dream it was sur- listen i'm sorry i don't i got excited so i mean let you finish <laughs> i'm gonna let you finish because you can't just be throwing it out without no trigger warning but i think what what donald glover and the folks with atlanta did with this was they turned it into white people's worst nightmare what if we had to switch places with black people what would it look like the nightmare this episode was so exciting for me mm-hmm. is because oh yes okay give let's revive this because let's revive this conversation let's never let it die down let's actually yes. it in a way that is going to spark more conversation because that is a part of how you can use art as resistance yes and I love that for what we got to experience and why that just felt very triumphant because you know you can say like he could come out and say whatever about what his true stance is i'm using air quotes true stance is and i'm talking about donald glover on reparations but based on me looking at this episode i would say that he is pro reparations so this is and i don't know if you've seen this donald glover recently interviewed himself for interview magazine did you read the interview I just love the narcissism of it, but no, I didn't see it. I would have rolled my eyes, but I would have read it though. So this is, while it's clever that he's interviewing himself, mm-hmm. there have been editorials where artists were interviewing other artists, like actors who interview other actors. So he, yes, ma'am. Just very quick distinguishing question. Was Childish Gambino being interviewed by Donald Glover or was this Donald Glover interviewing Donald Glover? It said Donald Glover interviewing Donald Glover. Okay, and I need to know that. It brought a lot of questions to mind for me because as we know, his partner, the mother of his children is not a black woman. Mm. And I've, I'm, I, pose this question on Twitter because Jordan Peele significant other is is a white woman mm-hmm. his mother's white mm-hmm. Donald Glover's both of his parents are black and there has been over the years he's made these really oddball comments about black women 
And so even though Atlanta season one, two, and three has focused on racism a lot, mm-hmm. when it comes to the subject of Black women, he, I'm not very comfortable with his stance. So, I appreciate that. Tell me more. I want you to read the interview. I want you to read it. It's not very long. Okay. I want you to read it. And then you, you let me know what you think about the part. They were, he, he brings up black women. Oh, hmm? I know when I see it. I don't know when I see it because now I'm going to be looking at it like this. But he brought it up to I'm say absolutely nothing to support us. Hello, and that, can I tie it back into the show? May yes, I? please. May I? Um, Van, his treatment of Van as a character. Can we finally talk about what that means? How are we, are we seeing, are we read? Let's read into it too much is what I would like to do. <laughs> let's start with that. Because based on what you just said about a disregard for black women and a laziness towards, you know, giving them credit or whatever. Look at Van, look at how far she done come to get to season three and just be a hot mess. She on vacation, good for her. But other than that, like, IDK. I feel like season one and two, he has no regard for her at all. It's strictly about him, but and this is just my assessment of him as a person, who he, has, who he has shown us to be. And that may not be who he is, but who he has shown himself to be, he's just not that interested in Black women, like anything about us or what we're doing. <laughs> and that's always odd to me when a Black man is not interested in Black women, like nothing about us, like, because, and you know why? Because I'm always interested in Black men. They're part of it. Even when they're getting works. on my last goddamn nerves. And this is not on some pick me type shit, but it's no. like, I truly do advocate for black men. I have to make that distinction because some everybody don't know us like that. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm the furthest thing from pick me. I'm not even interested in dating black men, but biologically I feel connected to all of them. Oh yeah. I just have the so white much nightmare. to say about this. I can't say enough how much I enjoyed this episode just because as I'll just say it as a black person who understands more and more on a daily basis just how severe the injustices were that happened to my people just for the sake of greed okay mainly greed that is still being hoarded to this day it makes me feel vindicated in a very satisfying way to see a depiction of white people actually feeling uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> this is fucking fiction. Yes. And it's frustrating that this is fiction. I want this to be real. <laughs> <sighs> I will say this. I'm all for us getting reparations. And I don't think that it's ridiculous, mainly because what happened to the Jewish community, they were damn near wiped the fuck out. Genocide is what happened to them, right? 
It was real bad. Right. Genocide also happened to us and we are still, still dealing with, it didn't go away. Like, I feel like white people are truly terrified of Jewish people stepping on their toes ever again in life, right? Nobody is terrified of fucking with us. They're terrified of us realizing the power we have and possibly becoming strong as a, as a unit like the Jewish people. Can you imagine if we all stuck together like Jewish people was just like, you gonna acknowledge that you killed hell of us and that you tried to prevent us from ever succeeding in life. If, even if we just took their blueprint as black people and said, we're going to do the exact same thing that Jewish people did to be fully liberated, to own our own shit. There's a place in, in Atlanta where I used to live and it's a Jewish community that is literally smack dab in the middle of the North Druid Hills area. Mm. And they own blocks I tell you what, though. Blocks of property. They could make their point and they could make their case and they could be heard and they could get what looks like justice to us as far as the Jews go. Yes. um, In response to the Holocaust. But they did whatever they had to do. But what they didn't have to do was be violent. And they didn't have to be violent because their humanity was recognized because of their skin color. Yes, you're absolutely right. We don't have that luxury. And I'm only saying that in response to what you said a few minutes ago, because that is the answer that became apparent to me from you asking it. That wasn't something that I had set up one night pondering. It's just like, well, wait a minute. It was easy for them. All they had to do was be like, "Uh uh-uh, we are white. Fix it. I'm going to go so far as to say it wasn't so much easy. It was, they did something. They figured out what was the motivating factor behind that genocide and behind that Holocaust, which is no different than the motivating factor behind our enslavement and the continued systemic racism. It's money. It's money. I know there's this anti-Semitic view that Jews are always about money, right? But I'm telling you, we live in a capitalistic society, Cola. If if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. And I'm not even, I don't even consider myself to be a capitalist, but I do acknowledge that I live in a capitalistic world. And if you do not hit people's pockets, they do not learn. I get it. I have recently binged The Food That Built America. And it's all Mm. about all these companies, Kellogg's, Heinz, and all of them that Mm -hmm. got started at the beginning of America during the Industrial Revolution. And I kept pointing out to my daughter, when they started competing and saying, oh, no dollar amount even matters. We got to build the biggest and the bestest and da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. They were doing it specifically to compete with each other. Because I kept saying my daughter, look, look at this. They're not, and these are white men I'm talking about, undoubtedly Mm -hmm. some of them Jewish. 
they were not discussing how can we help the world? What can we do to improve our communities by offering these products and services? Mm -hmm. All of these conglomerate type of people, how do we get the most? How do I outdo this other person next to me? And that yep. is the attitude that we don't naturally have. That's just not what we was on. That's not the type of time that we was on. And when I say we, I mean the people of African descent. Yep. We were very community oriented. And I think that that internal struggle is what keeps us from doing and I'm not saying the Jewish people are not community oriented because they actually are. They just were like, what do we have to do to ensure these crazy ass white people don't do this shit to us again? I see. No, I totally get it. I get it. I get it. Because what I recognize in what you just said is the fact that they knew that they needed to get their community financially independent. Yes. So that they can truly take care of their community in a way that, and that way they don't have to worry about what nobody else thinks because nobody else can penetrate it because they nope. have financial independence. Mm -hmm. They made it so that what they had, what they did with their resources was put them together in that way. Now, was it easy? Was it some kind of way that they did Black people wrong? Undoubtedly, that's not the point that I'm making. Yes. <laughs> but... <laughs> What I do know to be true is that it's very possible for Black people to do something like that. I just don't know how that would come about. But what I can say is that when it comes to how we respond to this art, that is what this TV show is, mm -hmm. is we get to have conversations like this where we can actually get a little bit closer to getting that thing that we truly need that can help us to overcome. What is it that Black people need to learn from Jewish people? Look at their blueprint and do the exact same things. And where we say, where you said um, they don't have to use violence, everybody got on the same page. I'm not saying literally everybody. I'm pretty sure there were some people who were just like, no, we need to go kill these fucking white people. But there was enough of them that were like, we're not going to kill them. We're just going to fuck up their money. And they oh. love their money so much. They're never going to want their money fucked up. So they're going to give us what the fuck we want. But there's oh. far more of Black people who are angry. And we want to, we want to harm them. Y'all, I didn't say I want to. I hear you. I didn't say I'm going to. But I'm, I am acknowledging that this anger that we have is just as righteous as the anger the Jews had. And it's no different. It, it's, we find ourselves <laughs> as black folks, especially women, having to explain this ever so often. And that goes back to what I'm saying about you insulting the shit out of my intelligence. Y'all understand this shit. The yeah, episode they do. that we just unpacked made it very clear that when it comes to the injustice being against you, then you understand the humanitarian crisis of it all very quickly. And you're able to articulate it and point it out very directly. And it just so happens to be the same thing that we've been saying. So the tables will have to be turned on them in a way that makes them feel threatened about their livelihood. So I'll say all that to say, well done, Donald Glover, Stephen Glover. 
Hero Mirai. Did I say that right? Hero, the other person who is one of the first three people whose names come up in the credits of the Atlanta series FX. Amazing job. I love how in this situation, there's no predictions to make, you Mm -hmm. know, because, and also maybe we'll see it in the next episode, but at the end of this episode, we didn't see somebody woke up or whatever. So imagine Donald Glover making a series that seems to be about nothing, but also about everything. Yep. And potentially changing the world in the way that I just indicated. Can y'all imagine that? That's what I hope for. I mean, even art has a way of penetrating minds more differently than something a little more education focused, like philosophy and psychology. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're able to expand your imagination a lot more with the arts. So, you know what? Oh, you just said something that reminded me of something that one of my art history geek friends told me. And I didn't get it at first, but she really helped me to see it. She said that the best way to see the history of the world is through art. It's, it's true. Most, it's the most accurate representation of the history of the world it's not the history books it is the art and i'm just like yo that's where the the best parts of our cultural memory is stored because while you can lie in art why would you you have to be a fucked up person to like use art as a means to be dishonest because it's so pure, right? Or sh- it should be. It should be. But you you know, you know, people use art to lie. And the best yes, we do. I can think of off the top of my head is people <laughs> who will just straight up steal other people's designs and in, in yes. artistry. And but they why do they do that though? Mainly because of capitalism. Yes. So there's because still, they feel you like know, there's they still truth there. Right. Yeah. So there's still some truth there. <laughs> it's always interesting how I don't know, maybe it's just where I'm at in adulthood and my my wokeness, and I'm using air quotes because it's not that deep for me, but yes, so many of my conversations these days end with, it's all because of capitalism. And I'm like, <laughs> what does that say about me? <laughs> I, I, you're just acknowledging that we live in a capitalistic society. Yes, One everything really is about uh, the dollar. It is, but I want to close with this, if I may, since we don't have predictions to do, we're just going to wait until we get back to the main characters. Um, It occurred to me recently that capitalism does not have to be accompanied by greed and, and having a dependence on a struggling class to also be the class that produces the things that the rich people get to be so entitled about and and make them so wealthy. It doesn't have to be like that. But the capitalism has been abused for so long. That is literally all we know. And I think that's why it's everyone's first notion to be like capitalism is wrong. That's because it's been being abused for so long. 
Yeah, because I'm like, when I really think about it, I'm like, listen, I'm not really going to be tripping as long as I know that I don't have to worry about like the police killing me (laughs) and my family members and that if I want to either go to the store and get food or grow my own food, I'm not going to have smoke with people that I shouldn't have to have smoke with about this. Nobody's trying to infringe on my rights. I can get a job working in a factory making like $26 per hour and living good because I should be able to live good. In a capitalistic society, if there's so many of us that we're consistently producing things and needing things and services and goods, then that means that there's always going to be enough currency in circulation for us all to live well. All right, well, I've said a lot of things. That I did, (laughs) that I did. What did you want to close on? I didn't mean to keep getting on my soapbox, but it just, I just kept stepping. It was necessary. Yeah, it was necessary because this is the big payback we're talking about, right? I need to add one more thing to it then. And you could just chime in. But (laughs) one of the things that made me feel a little sad at the end of the episode was when I considered what would happen right now if Black people got reparations. Will we mm-hmm. really truly wild the fuck out on all the most ridiculous things or will we show out in a way that would really shift the balance of things in a really meaningful way? What would you be more willing to bet on? Because I am a believer in patterns and habits that we all have them I think if we do not change our mindset before we're in a position to receive these things, we're going to lose it. Mm, And that's why the unity part is so important. Like earlier I said, I'm not interested in dating black men. That Mm -hmm. is because we're not unified because that's all we need to do is have a big enough, a, a large enough amount of us get on the same page. And if these reparations were to kick in, we could we could do the same thing that the Jewish people did and liberate Period. ourselves. We could. What they did. Yeah, because. But if we don't change our mindset, we're, we're going to look like the stereotypes they showed in the big payback with the Lamborghinis at the gas station because obviously they got a big payout. Yeah, but where did we learn it from, though? You know, I know that you're thought, but we learned that from being submerged in this system that they created so yeah we're gonna go buy lamborghinis because we feel like that's what you're supposed to do when you have a lot of money <laughs> the show everybody hasn't gotten the memo and then keeping up with finance fluencers black finance fluencers that's telling us how we can get our babies 500k by the time they nine but if we're if we're being honest that is something that we as black people have not let go of is to show your opulence you you show off and it wasn't a bad thing because back in the day when you had money people knew you had money because your wealth was seen right mm-hmm. it wasn't until in recent times people kind of dialed it down i don't mm-hmm. want you to know i have money you'll you'll know i have money if you're invited to my home because i'm going to have this big huge house right but i'm not going to have the flashy cars because you niggas 
The minute you get five nickels to rub together, you go buy a Benz or you go buy a, a Beamer, right? We're not going to do that. We're going to drive these old ass Toyotas because we don't want you guys to know we have money. Well, but we're yeah, going to no. So they found a way to separate themselves from something to make it look bad. And so for me, if we think about the African diaspora, we, we were a community and we were not ashamed to show how wealthy our community was. It wasn't considered mm. a bad thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Now it's considered a bad thing, why? Because white people told us, you show offs. Mm. It's just, it's... Because it, why shouldn't you depends. have nice things, right? It, that's the thing, everybody should be able to have access to whatever it is that they need to make them comfortable. And some people are flashy by nature and some people are not. Some people are neither, but they feel like they should be flashy just because that's how you indicate that you are doing well. You get what I'm saying? So um, I just, when it comes to the thought of what we would do if we suddenly received a windfall of reparations, um, I, Ideally, I would hope that it would happen in a time when it made sense for us collectively. Yes. To your point. But even if it were to happen today, I still have a reasonable amount of hope, you know, because at least we, at least right now, we have made it clearer that there are benefits in shopping with more Black businesses. And Yes. Having black businesses. I'm not saying that we're at the mountaintop, but we definitely have a better grasp on that concept. And um, so that's one of the points that makes me hopeful. But yeah, there's always something to unpack with the show. Of course, I understand that we could have covered it in so many ways. We could have said this and that if there's something that I missed or something that you would like to add. Then at me, bro, my Twitter handle is in the episode notes as well as the hashtag unpacking Atlanta okay so you just shout out hashtag unpacking Atlanta and say whatever it is that you want to say and I'm cool I'll take a listen I might even respond if you make it enough sense and (laughs) (laughs) we will just keep this party going for as long as it needs to to try to unpack as much as we possibly can and we hope to hear from you again soon or hear from you at all if we haven't heard from you yet but let me stop rambling Sunita, what do you want the people to know before we go and you know when you're not listening to unpacking atlanta and when you're not listening to black in the garden please tune in to outside voice inside podcast and you can find it on apple you can find it on spotify Google and Anchor. There's no reason to not be listening to all three of these podcasts. So support us. It doesn't cost you anything to listen. It's a package deal. What a package. Those are some good ones. If y'all think we smart and and eloquent and things, then you should certainly be tuning in to all of those that she indicated. And you can find the links to all of that in the episode notes. And, you know, like I said, agree, disagree, comments, or criticisms, please be polite is all I ask. And the hashtag (laughs) is unpacking Atlanta. Thank you for listening. And by all means, please share this with anybody who you know that also loves the show and would be down to hear us unpacking it. 
And until next time, we'll unpack with y'all later. That was corny, but we're done. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>